0: Never get yourself in. That his hand is not deeper still to reach you, to set you free, to bring deliverance. Man, let's be seated. I'm just going to share a few things here. I guess the point of what I feel God has put on my heart that I want to share is a simple truth that God knows you. It sounds so simple, and I say, God knows you. Because if you've worked with God long enough, at one point in your life, You have wondered whether God made a mistake with you. (laughs) Only a few of you have wondered. (laughs) Have I wondered if God made a mistake? just on Mondays. He gave you a place where you wonder whether God made a mistake. If he didn't make a mistake, you feel sorry for him that he could have done better. And sometimes we feel that way because uh, our position uh, doesn't match up with our destiny. There's a huge disparity between where we are and where we think we should be. To a place where we doubt whether it is us he meant. And sometimes we may be a little bit confident that probably he meant us. But everybody around you doesn't think he meant you. He might have meant someone else. I remember a few days ago, I found uh, a prophetic word. Um, When Isabel came, probably we're still on Pete Road. When was that? 2014? So I found a prophetic word from 2014. And she's speaking it on me. And then she's saying, the Lord is going to increase the prophetic. And instantly in my heart, I'm like, she means Nicole. (laughs) Because uh, she's the one that is known to be the... Hi, honey. She's the one that is known to be the prophetic one. So anything that came within that package instantly in my heart, I dismissed it. It can be possibly me. Because I don't do the prophetic stuff. It is Nicole who does the prophetic stuff. And then, when I was in America, I found the prophetic out of me just came to the forefront in a very extremely, incredibly terrifying way I've never experienced. (laughs) I didn't think much of it. So about a few days ago when I was listening to that word and she's saying God is going to increase the prophetic on you for the first time. How how many years has it been? This is 2017. Three years. For the first time in three years I was like, okay, probably maybe he did mean me. So, maybe that prophetic word you've dismissed, it probably, maybe actually, really did mean you. Any chance he met you? Okay. And the other day, we were just going for a walk, and I heard as loudly... As loud can be in my spirit, just the spirit clearly saying, Bezalel. I'm thinking, Bezalel, that sounds very familiar, but I can't think of the guy. Anybody can place this guy, Bezalel? Huh? Somebody who reads the Bible. And I, I couldn't really place who the guy was and then uh, I pondered over it and I couldn't get a breakthrough and I forgot about it and then I think about two days later, I don't know what I was doing and it comes down to Exodus 31. Is anybody listening or is this too much or you, or you just you want to get more of that stuff? Say. All right. You just pray for a bit here. All right. Gradually, I've been learning that the things of the Spirit are what? The things of the Spirit are what? Foolishness to those that are perishing. So, what that means is to be able to really understand and get revelation of what the Spirit is saying. You gotta be in a state of spiritual consciousness; otherwise, spiritual truth doesn't make any sense to you. And the deeper the revelation, the more immense you gotta be in the spirit. Does that make sense? So, Father, just pray that you release that understanding. In Jesus' name. Okay, so Exodus 31. Start reading from verse verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses. Isn't that good? He said something. Yay! If you're Moses, you're like, yay! I had God. Okay? Then the Lord said to Moses. Verse 2, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of her of the tribe of Judah. Purely simple, right? Okay? So, it's cool that God starts this statement. By getting Moses' attention. So, in whatever, wherever Moses was focused on, what God is trying to do is to get his attention from whatever he's doing and redirect it to something he's saying. Okay? So the first part, when God wants to speak to you, what does he he do? He wants to get your attention. All right? What does God do? Get your attention. And depending on your sensitivity, what he has to do to get your attention will be of that various extreme. Some of you, It needs an earthquake for God to tap to get your attention. Some of you, you need God to flip your whole family upside down before he gets your attention. Some of you, you need your whole car to blow up. Or your whole roof to cave in. (laughs) Or your whole wheels to fly off. The point in this little joke is God will do whatever it takes to get your attention. Okay? So if God will do whatever it takes to get your attention, do yourself a favor. (laughs) Okay? Do yourself a a favor and have a listening ear. Okay? So, number one part is about God see. Have a look. Stop. Stop whatever you're doing. Pause. Pay attention. And have a look at what I'm saying. Have a look at what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is I have chosen. Okay? That's pretty cool. What has he done? He has chosen. In other words, he has set apart. Means there is many things over there, but he chooses to take one thing and put it apart and consecrate it for a special purpose to himself see, and the thing is when he makes a choice and when he chooses you, he goes through an extremely incredible detailed analysis that there is no mistake who it is he means. Okay? So I have chosen Bezalel. So we are very sure which Bezalel I mean. I mean Bezalel the son of Uri. And to be extremely sure that you don't mistake him to another one, or the son of her, and to completely, really narrow it down from the tribe of Judah. So there's no mistake who he has chosen because God is very specific and very precise. He goes through every detail. The number one thing is, if you are Bezalel that is chosen, you know he meant you. You know he meant me, he didn't mean Nicole. You know he meant you, he didn't mean your neighbor. You know he meant you. So it gets into a place where it eliminates every possibility for Bezalel to ever say maybe God made a mistake. Because there's possibly no way he could even imagine or think or have any any conceivable sense of doubt or any sense of confusion. Because God had chosen who? Bezalel. You see, when you go a little bit further, I think Exodus 33, verse 17, Moses is saying to the Lord, says, God, you say that you are pleased with me, and you chose me by name. Okay? He said, you are pleased with me, and you've chosen me, and you know me by name. So God knows you by what? Name. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I did what? I knew you and chose you by name. So throughout the scriptures, when God chooses people, he makes a deliberate point to say, I know you by name name. Why is that important? And what I found very incredible as I was getting impressed and enthusiastic about that, said I've chosen Bezalel. Bezalel means in the shadow of God. I've chosen Bezalel The boy that dwells in my shadow. The son of Uri. Uri means flames of fire. (laughs) Who's the son of her, which means white linen? He's precise. (coughs) See, Moses. Have chosen the boy that dwells in my shadow, who is the son of the flames of fire, who is light to the region, the son of pure holiness, white linen. So when he says, have chosen him, he knows every intricate detail about him. How when Moses is saying, "You said you know me by name," I know in past I've talked about knowing our names. When he say, "I know you," the word "know" in Hebrew is yada, y a d a, which means "I see you." So when God is saying to this guy, "I know you by name," He's saying. I see you. Not only do I see you, I do observe you and I've got intimate understanding of your frame, your nature and your being. And above that because I see you, I acknowledge you. So he gives this picture that when you come in his presence He stops what he's doing to acknowledge you. I don't know if you people are understanding that. I acknowledge you. And that's the most incredible thing about his presence because whenever you come in his presence, He pauses, picks up his head, and looks at you in acknowledgement. And this is why when we pray and when we do things in his presence, there is nothing that cannot be done because all of heaven is at a standstill because your heavenly father stops a moment to pay attention to you. And this is why Moses says, Lord, you said you are pleased with me and you know me by name. Show me your glory. Why is he saying show me your glory? Because if I'm in your presence and you hear me, I'm acknowledged by you. And in a place of where I'm being acknowledged by you, I get naturally to see your glory. That's just incredible. It is incredible. As I know you, I see you. That means God is saying, hey, I see you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing you. I am seeing you. I see you. And the most incredible thing about that is in every situation and circumstance you find yourself, what is he saying? I see you. Lord, it hurts. I see you. Lord, I'm in pain. I see you. Lord, I'm in lack. I see you. And not only do I see you, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and acknowledge you. And this is the most incredible, profound mystery that the angels can never understand. It's one awesome thing that angels stop in the presence of God, but God stops in your presence. Did you get that? But the moment you wake up and say, Heavenly Father, the father puts down his newspaper and looks up. (laughs) How about that? And that's not all of it. I see you. I acknowledge you. I've got intimate understanding of you. I observe you. Which means there's nothing we ever do and there's no place we can ever get ourselves that we are beyond the reach of his ever seeing and observing eye. But I call you by name. The word for that in Hebrew is sham. Sounds like shem, but it's spelled S-H-E-M. Which means a mark or memorial of your individuality. So when you look at the Anzac Memorial, which is set up to remember all the things that happened, he looks at your name as a memorial that speaks of who you are. That in your name, what is embedded and crafted within it is your renown, your destiny, and your purpose. Put simply, It is a mark of your individuality. So when he says, I know you by name, that means I've got intimate understanding and knowledge of who you are with a special mark that sets you apart from every other individual in the whole planet that has ever been, is, and will ever be. Did you hear that? It means I know you and understand you more intimately in a very special way distinguished by a mark that is uniquely individually crafted to you that distinguishes you from any person that has ever been, is, or will ever be. So he knows you in such a distinct and unique way with a special Mark. Of his purpose and destiny on your life that sets you apart from every one of the seven billion people on Earth. In counting, so when he says Jenny, he's not confused. He's not mistaken. He knows precisely, exactly who it is he's addressing, and he's talking, and he's calling out. He's not mistaken. You may be through all sorts of confusion. He's not. You understanding that? Or is that just too deep? Yes, there's so much. Too and that's what he's saying. It's Jeremiah, before you were born, I yadded you and I called you by your sham. He knew you. He had intimate understanding of who you are. He saw you, he observed you, and he acknowledged you. And put a mark of purpose and destiny on your life, which is different from any other person. That's a mark. Remember in Genesis, when Cain killed his brother and says, people will kill me. And he says, no, I'm putting a mark on you. That was a mark of purpose and identity. So there was a mark on Cain that nobody could ever kill him. Even if you tried, you couldn't kill the guy. Because a mark on his life brought protection against vengeance on his life. Now, this is also something just mind-boggling about God's grace. That he would put a mark of protection against vengeance again over the murderer. That the murderer can never be murdered. It's protected from the law of sowing and reaping. So the mark, the seal of God on your life. It's God's woven purposes on your life which brings divine protection, divine favor, and divine provision. So when we calibrate our walk in accordance to that mark on our lives, that's when we begin to step into a place of favor. That's when we begin to step into the depth of Grace. I'm feeling, you know, really. Are we really getting what I'm saying? Lord, help them. In Jesus' name. Mm. Yeah, there is no other the It's unique my So up and i He knows you. That's the taxation you Mark. He knows you. Get there by your mark, and it is that mark that speaks of your character and your renown and your history with him. And of who we are and who we've been. And it is in that place where he knows you by your mark. That we are releasing the fullness of who we are. And when our mark is not in alignment with who we are born to be. That Cephas becomes Peter. That Saul becomes Paul that Abraham becomes Abraham, that Sarai becomes Sarah, that Jacob becomes Israel. That is repurposing the destiny and the peoples. That is God bringing you into alignment from the labels that people have put on your life into alignment with the mark that he's putting on you. And that's what I feel the Lord wants to do tonight. He wants to bring a heart, inner transformation where Cephas can become Peter, where Saul can become Paul, where Abraham can become Abraham, Sarai can become Sarah, Jacob can become Israel. That is transforming us from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. That is stolen identity. They did the same to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. They did the same to Esther. They did the same to Joseph. And that is where our identity has been stolen. And we come in a place of uh, confusion of who we are. I also believe the Lord wants to bring clarity into who we are. Sorry? Sorry? He knows, but you don't. And this is why he's bringing to alignment so you begin to believe according to who you are, not who they told you you were. Come stand and just worship a bit? Sharaba.